Welcome to the sermon podcast of Grace Presbyterian Church. For more information about our church, please visit our website, gracechurchlaunceston.com. So, union with Christ, uh, it's, a, it's a big topic, so let's see how we go. Uh, a few of us the other day, we went on a bushwalk, um, a few of us from church here, and uh, the track had a delightful amount of mud on the track. Do you remember that, Wally? Yeah, mate. And even a, a few of the kids enjoyed diving face first into the mud on purpose, uh, which was a lot of fun. But when they got home, uh, they needed a wash. You see, the shower or bath, the shower or bath is no use unless you actually get in the shower or bath, is it? Unless you use the shower, uh, you'll just remain encrusted in that sticky, slimy mud. The water needs to be applied to you. You need to be washed to get the mud off. And so today, in a similar way, this really got, gets to the topic of what we're looking at, which is how are we saved? Uh, it's one of the most basic questions of the Christian faith. We say that Jesus lived and died and rose again to life. That's the gospel. That's the good news. But the question then becomes... How does that work of Jesus, his personal work, get applied to me and to you? How does that happen? It's all very well to say that Jesus did these amazing things in Jerusalem all those years ago, um, in dying on the cross, in his, his perfect life, but how does Jesus and his work all those years ago actually matter for me and how does it apply to me and you? You see, we need the cleansing waters of the gospel to wash us, to cleanse us, purify us, and wash away the mud of our sin against God. So how does that actually happen? Uh, well, the Bible isn't silent on this topic. The answer is that God's people are united to Christ. And this is what we're looking at today, uh, this topic, this doctrine, this, this, uh, this very important thing called union with Christ. It's been called the most central foundational truth of our salvation as Christians. Um, but it's also one of the most neglected truths, uh, the most misunderstood doctrines in the church today, uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm just raising it here. Um, one pastor writes, union with Christ may be the most important doctrine you've never heard of. The whole of our salvation can be summed up with reference to this reality. You see, it's pretty important, that's what he's saying. But what is it? So, what is it? As a general outline today, I'm just going to explain what union with Christ is and then why it matters, um, with application taken from uh, Colossians. So, our application about assurance of salvation and our growth in godliness. We'll be based in Colossians chapter 3, but I'll be um, going elsewhere. Be prepared for that. So, what is union with Christ? Let's have a look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So here, the Apostle Paul, who wrote... Uh, this letter, and um, he's, he's writing to these people who live in Colossae, these believers in Jesus, 
And in this church here in Colossae, there's certain false teachings going on. There's people saying things that aren't true about God. Um, some teachers have come along and said, in effect, you need more spiritual experiences. You need more practices, certain practices to be a true Christian. And it appears to the Colossian believers that there's wisdom in this. So they're being led up the garden path a little bit. It's attractive to them. And so the Apostle Paul writes to help them see what they already have with Jesus and how amazing it is and it's all they need. But you notice there that they have a new identity. They died, verse 3, and their lives are now hidden with Christ. Jesus is their life, verse 4, and they will appear with him in glory. You see what Paul is saying, they have such a closeness with Jesus, a oneness with Jesus, that they have no need for anything else because they have Christ. Their lives are now hidden with Christ in God, as Paul says. And what he's speaking about here is, that, is something that all Christians have. He's talking about union with Christ. So what is it? Well, I've got a working definition here. Um, union with Christ is the reality that by grace through faith, the Holy Spirit makes believers one with Jesus. And because of this union, we receive all the benefits of Christ and what he's achieved for us. The Bible gives illustrations to describe what our union with Christ is like. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 Peter 2 says, Our union with Christ is like a building. Uh, Jesus is the chief cornerstone, and we're the rest of the stones which make up a building. That's an analogy of union with Christ. Our union with Christ is also compared to a marriage between husband and wife. Ephesians chapter 5, we are joined to Jesus in some mysterious way. That's what Paul, the language Paul uses. It's a mystery. Our union is something like a marriage covenant. Our union is also compared to the human body, where Jesus is the head and where the church is the rest of the body, the members of the body. Uh, the, church, uh, the union with Christ is also described as a, like a grapevine, where there's a vine and there's branches in John's Gospel. Union with Christ is not a physical thing. It's like, kids, you don't, maybe you staple pieces of paper together. Jesus isn't stapled to us. It's, he's not united to us like that. It's not a physically stuck to us. But rather, union with Christ is a spiritual union. It's a union by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's spiritual. The Holy Spirit indwells Christians and unites us to Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, as the Bible calls him. The Spirit who lives in us is the very same Holy Spirit who indwelt Christ in His ministry on earth as our Redeemer. The same Spirit who produces our faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the bond between us and Christ. Union with Christ is by the Holy Spirit. It's spiritual. And so while this might sound a little bit complicated, I reckon we can all get the big picture of it today anyway. Uh, the Christian and Jesus are united together by the Holy Spirit through our faith in Him. Our union with Christ in His death and resurrection, um, it's through that that all the blessings of our salvation come to us, uh, which is why our in our sermon series, on the, uh, we're going to go through some big topics of salvation like justification, adoption, sanctification, these sorts of big words. But right at the beginning, I want to start with union with Christ because this is kind of like the umbrella the way these things come to us as Christians. It's through this union that all other blessings come. And so, where in the Bible do we find this, this teaching? Well, I've given some examples, but I'm going to give you some more. 
Time and again in the New Testament, we come across the phrase, in Christ. Uh, most of the time, I kind of gloss over that, that little phrase there when I'm reading the Bible, but it's everywhere. Paul the Apostle normally begins his letters by saying this, saying that Christians are people who are in Christ. Colossians 1 says to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, in Christ, in Him or in whom, with Christ or with the Lord. This is biblical language for speaking about our union with Jesus, how we are one with Jesus. And it's everywhere. It's literally over 200 times in Paul's letters, it's uh, that, that little phrase in Christ is used. And over two dozen times in the writings of John the Apostle. Um, so here are some examples. Firstly, our union with Christ begins in eternity. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, we're chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. Um, God decrees that we will be united with Jesus before it actually happens in time and space. How cool is that? Before we put our faith in Jesus, God's planned it. Before we, going, uh, before we were in Adam and then trusted in Jesus in Christ, when we go from being lost to found, from darkness to light, from dead in sins to alive in Christ, that moment when God saves us. In Philippians 3 verse 9, we're found in Christ. Romans 8, we're preserved in Christ. 2 Timothy 1 9, we're saved, sanctified in Christ. Colossians 2 verse 6 says we walk in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, we labour in Christ. Ephesians 6 verse 1, we obey in Christ. Galatians 2.20, maybe this is a memory verse for you at some point. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, Galatians says, Jesus is our very life. He says, it is no, Paul says there, it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And this life continues, even beyond death. The Bible says, Revelation 14, 1 Thessalonians 4, and other places, we die in Christ, which means our physical death doesn't dissolve, doesn't break that union between Christ and us even if your body goes to the ground and disintegrates into nothing. Christ doesn't let you go, even in death. In Christ, the people of God will be resurrected and glorified. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, you could go on and on and on. 200 times, in fact, or more. Um, maybe a good application for us is, maybe if you want to learn more about this topic, you could do a search in a concordance or on Google uh, for all the references to in Christ in the New Testament. Um, that would be a worthwhile study for you if you're looking for something to work on in your daily Bible reading. Um, but at least notice this phrase, in Christ, when you're reading your Bible next. It's, um, you're bound to come across it. And so I hope it's uh, clear to you that from start to finish, from those Bible references there, from start to finish, everything of our salvation is because of our union with Jesus. All the blessings of God come to us through Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so here's that working definition again. Um, union with Christ is the reality that by grace through faith, the Holy Spirit makes believers one with Jesus. 
And because we are one with Christ, we receive all the blessings, all the benefits of Christ and what he's achieved for us. Um, Here's some illustrations, maybe it'll help. Our union with Jesus is something kind of like how you might support a sports team. I mean, the World Cup's on, Ashes, the Ashes have just finished. Um, it's topical if you're into sports. Um, so if you're a, um, a lover of sport, you kind of bind yourself to your team, don't you? Uh, you say things like, we did pretty well, we won the game, we lost, uh, we did okay, but even though we weren't on the sports field, it's kind of like that. We're bound, we're bound in some kind of way to our sports team. Another example is the story of David and Goliath. We just had that read out before. David and Goliath, they represented their armies, Israel and the Philistines. They were the champions of their nations. And in David's victory, when he threw that rock and then chopped off most gruesomely Goliath's head, um, that was the victory moment of all of Israel. One guy fought, the whole nation won the battle. You could kind of say that Israel were in David at that moment when he fought on their behalf in some kind of way. But our union with Christ is much more glorious than that. Jesus represents all who trust in him. His life counts for ours. All the things that Jesus did, his atoning work and his perfect life, his sacrificial death, the resurrection to new life, the ascension to heaven, to the throne, the things that Jesus won and achieved we get to share in it. We get to share in it. What Jesus did, as it were, becomes what we did. So much so that Paul can use the language of saying, we are crucified with Christ and we are buried with Christ. We are raised with Christ. And right now we are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. When Jesus died and rose from the dead, we died and we rose from the dead. We share by this union, this status as the one who has achieved our salvation. We share in his resurrection life, which is made ours by the Spirit. All that Jesus did, we did, by cause of this union. That's what union with Christ is about. His victory becomes our victory. And what good news that is. So this is the answer to the question I asked at the beginning of the sermon. How does what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, all the way over that way, across the world, uh, actually mean anything for us? You know, how does it mean anything for us? Just like a muddy kid uh, needs to get in the bath to wash away the dirt, so the cleansing work of the gospel is applied to us through our union with Christ, by the Holy Spirit. His victory becomes our victory because we're in him. So that's a little bit of an overview of what union with Christ is. Now I just want to wrap things up uh, with some implications for this truth for us. Um, This topic is very broad and it covers every aspect of our salvation from beginning to end. So we're going to be talking about it a little bit over this term. But today I think we'll jump back into Colossians 3 and see how the Apostle Paul applies what he's saying there, this about union, Uh, to his readers, to us. So, two points of application. Colossians 3. Because of our union of Christ, we can have assurance of salvation. Assurance of salvation. You can be sure that you're a Christian. You know, know, sometimes we can struggle with assurance. Uh, I think every Christian 
goes through this from time to time, some more than others. Um, and lots of, there could be lots of reasons for this. Um, you could be going through a hard season of life. You could, could be in a, a long-term sickness and you're just worn out. And you begin to wonder, why am I like this? And maybe you have doubts about God's love. Has God stopped loving me? Has God left? Am I truly a Christian? We might ask those questions. But what does Paul say in Colossians 3? What does he say? He gives objective facts. He says, verse 1, Colossians, you've been raised with Christ. Verse 3, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Christ is your life. And he says, they're so bound up with Christ that he's their very life. And he says, since all that is true, then you will appear with him in glory. He said, you see, he says that from start to finish, because you're in Jesus, you have this salvation. He gives them assurance here. You will appear with him. You will appear with him in glory. God will not lose any of his people. And so for us who struggle with assurance at times, um, union with Christ is, is gospel gold. <laughs> Having brought, been brought into union with him by the Holy Spirit means that we cannot be brought out of that union. You can't lose it. God will not lose anyone. Jesus is with us whatever is happening to us today or yesterday or in the future when the times are hard and I know some of us have been through some hard things. We can all look to Christ, the great King of the universe, who did these things for us and know that we are his and he is yours, that you are one with him and that he dwells in you, you in him, he in you, you're in Christ and the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of this. And you can know that Jesus loves you and will not let you go. Union with Christ is deeply practical theology. Uh, this Bible teaching is meant to encourage the Christian, encourage us in our faith, that our faith and our walk with Jesus is not up to us, it's not up to you, not up to me, but we share in Christ all the riches of salvation, his blessings. And that should give you some hope. There is nothing seen or unseen, no evil, no person, no tragedy, no world event, no technology or cultural moments, nothing at all that can separate you from his love if you are in Christ. Your life is hidden with him in God and he is your life. It's an unbreakable union, unbreakable. But Paul also gives another point of application in these verses. Not only can we in Christ have assurance of our salvation, but also our union with Christ fuels our Christian living. Paul writes, verse 1, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. And in verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Um, you know the saying, you're, um, a, person be too, a person can be too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good. I don't think it's a true saying at all. Uh, I think the opposite is more accurate. To be any good at all on earth, you need to be heavenly minded. If we are to look to Christ who is in heaven, this will shape your life. 
It'll change your life on earth. Our union with Jesus is meant to fuel the Christian life. In fact, the only way you can live as a Christian is because of your union with Christ. It's impossible otherwise. And that's where Paul leads to in the rest of the chapter, actually, but we're not going to look at it today. But basically, Paul shows us here, if I can sum up, that because you're in Jesus, this flows into ethics, into godly living, putting to death sin, putting on the characteristics of Christ. Because you are united with the one seated, reigning, ruling in heaven, the one who has atoned for your sins, this is the way you can live now as his person, as his people, how he wants you to. Heavenly mindedness fuels godly living. And more than that, our union with Christ means that making progress in the Christian life is actually possible. Um, You know, sometimes we can be a little bit defeatist about our approach to living for Jesus. Uh, We can get into thinking that the struggle for holiness is way too hard. We'll despair and say, why am I not seeing any change in my life? You know, that sin you keep on doing again and again. You can sort of reside yourself to the idea that um, it's just something you just have to live with. No, no. If you're in Christ, if you're in union with him, you have a new identity. Jesus has broken sin's reign. What did Jesus do? He lived a perfect life of obedience for us. And you, by faith, by the Holy Spirit, are in him. And because you're in Christ, he won't leave you as you are. He won't do it. You have a new identity. You are in him. And so making progress in holiness, living as a Christian, you know, in your day-to-day lives, in your family, in work, and whatever, it's just becoming what you already are. You're in Christ. You can walk as he walked. You're in Christ. You're declared holy. He, He said that. And so you can live a holy life. We're able to do the good works that God has called us to do in Christ. We can live as new creations in Christ, not because we can do it in our own strength, but because we're in Christ. Christ is in us. So yes, we don't take backward steps. At times, our walk with Jesus can go up and down. Sin is powerful. Temptations are real. We're at war. The Bible uses the language of war with sin. But we should also have a sense of optimism and hope in our Christian lives. And sometimes, maybe, perhaps that's a little bit lacking in some people. Maybe me as well. Because we're in Christ, we can resist temptation. You know, you can, we, we are tempted in so many ways. We're tempted to slack off and not, do, and not work hard. We're tempted to look at the thing you shouldn't. Um, we, we're tempted to worry instead of praying, all these things. But in Christ, through his strength, in his power, as the Spirit works in us, we can resist sin's temptations. But also we can, as Paul goes on in Colossians, to put on the good works, the character of Christ. We can, as Galatians says, um, produce the fruit of the Spirit as the Spirit works in us. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Why can we do this? Not because of me, but because of Christ, because I'm in union with Christ. He's the champion. He did all these things for us. His victory becomes our victory. He's at work in us now, 
you and me to make us more like him. So, Paul says, set your mind on things above. Set your hearts on Jesus. Think about him. Meditate on who he is. Keep on thinking about him. Um, Dig into the word of God and learn more about Jesus. Consider what he's done for you. Worship him. Marvel at the beauty of what he's like. Because he has done amazing things. He has saved the lost. Union with Christ is fuel for our Christian lives. And it's really the only way we can live as Christians. So let's praise God for our union. Praise him that salvation is all of Jesus, all of God and not of me and you. Praise him that Jesus is our champion, our God, our King, and that we are found in him. So that's a little brief overview of the topic. Next week is the, um, the theme of effectual calling. Uh, we'll look at that next week. But let's pray and we'll share the Lord's Supper together. I'm just going to invite Wes to pray for us. Thanks, Wes.